Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. You have a gift. You have power. And with great power, there must also come great responsibility. Good evening, and welcome to a special edition of Three Guys in a Flick. This is where we review the good, the bad, and the absurd. Tonight's episode, an early Christmas present, Spider-Man No Way Home. Beware spoilers. Uh, This movie was just released, so if you have not seen it, turn the podcast off, go see it, and then come back and turn us back on. That being said, you have been warned. Coming to you from my basement, as always, my name is Don, and to my right, we have our comic book guy, John. How you doing? And to my left, we have the professor, Ken. Hey, everybody. Yeah, so we uh, literally just got back from seeing Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, This is the first time that we've done something like this, so it'll be interesting to see how we... Uh, how we fare normally when we watch our films we like to take notes and do all that kind of jazz let and it marinate yeah. turn over in your head sound like we well you know we know what we're talking about yeah well like the professor and i do uh, yeah. we don't know about you yet so yeah we're gonna give this a shot and see where it goes spider-man no way home this is the 27th installment to the mcu uh, just real quick around the uh around the horn here would you uh, first impressions professor I found the movie to be highly entertaining. First impressions there, comic book guy? I really liked it, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I have a few gripes, but nothing major. I think it's definitely a movie to go see. Uh, did Marvel live up to Marvel? I would say they deli- they delivered a good MCU movie. Uh, whether or not it was comparable to uh, the comic books, um, I would say I probably like the storyline a little bit better in the movie than I did in the comic books. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, you and I, we always talk about, uh, you know, Marvel this and Marvel that. I mean, we, we've had many conversations about that. Uh, did Was it Marvel for you? Did, uh, it was very Marvel-y. Okay. Did it feel Marvel-y to you? It felt very much like a Marvel movie to me, uh, and I think it's because of the returning characters and uh, casting characters. Um, you know, putting Doctor Strange in it always livens sure. it up. You know what I mean? Uh, it felt more Marvel than the Eternals, mm-hmm. yeah. and it, and it felt it felt almost just as fun as Shang Chi to me. Shang um, Shang, whatever, dude. Shang Chi to me, uh, but I, I uh, but still very Marvelly. And what they did, uh, you know, pretty much copying Spider Man into the verse. Uh, cartoon animated movie. Yeah, it really did feel I- of that ilk. I yeah. was re- I was really worried about that going into it. Once you once and let's be honest, this movie got spoiled right out of the gate, and that's really too bad because there are moments in here that I knew I should have clapped, and I knew I should have went, "Oh fuck yeah!" Problem is, I already knew about it. 
Mm-hmm. So fuck you, internet, and really fuck me for you know going on and stumbling I, upon them. You I know stayed what I mean? away from all of it. I didn't know any of that shit. You knew Toby and Andrew were going to show up, didn't you? No. Oh wow. Stayed away from all that shit because I wanted to watch the movie. I will say, I'll listen to them high and mighty over here. I will say for uh, the Spider Verse movie, yeah, um, it wasn't so much that they copied anything because they actually gave nods to the Spider-Verse, even in their titles. When they did a little glitch effect, that was a nod to the Spider-Verse movie. So I was glad to kind of see that they're kind of even bringing that in. So did you think this was Marvel-y? Yeah, I felt it was very... I, this is the first movie in a while, because Shang-Chi and Eternals didn't kind of bring you back to that whole, the Marvel that we know and love. This movie did bring us back because it brought in some characters from that original MCU. I was really happy to, you know, from the stuff we'd seen in the trailers, I was worried that we would spend a quarter of the movie with Spider-Man trying to get over his whole identity being revealed. And then we'd spend another quarter of the movie with him fighting a couple of villains. And then we wouldn't really get to the good stuff until like the last 15 minutes. They got that whole identity thing out of the way, probably went in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was out there. He was, you know, everybody thought he was a bad guy. And then, of course, we have the big cameo with Cox coming in, the the Daredevil from the Netflix series, and he gets him off. Yeah. You just wanted to say Cox and gets him off? In a, you wanted to use that as a wordplay? Kind of. All right. So why don't you give us a quick synopsis? Spider-Man No Way Home, released on December 17th, 2021, directed by John Watts, written by Chris McKenna and Eric Somers, based on Spider-Man by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. It stars Tom Holland, Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jacob Batalon, John Favreau, Jamie Foxx, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Benedict Wong, Tony Ravoli, Marissa Tomei, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire. With Spider-Man's identity now revealed, Peter asks Doctor Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from the other world start to appear, forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. How much did this movie cost? Uh, reportedly $200 million. That's a big chunk of change. Yeah. I wonder how much did Endgame cost? I'll bet you it was two fifty. Probably. I mean it's gotta be they gotta be pretty fucking high up there. Right? I'm guessing they're gonna pull in more than two hundred million. What do you think? What? Spider Man? Yeah. Uh we'll see. How can it not? Uh our theater was pretty packed. Yeah, I was looking. The only seats that were uh empty were some on the sides and then two in the very front row. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that's that's probably the uh, most packed I've seen a theater in uh, quite some time. Mm-hmm. You know, even when we saw Shang Chi, I don't think it was that full. And we saw that on a Thursday night in an early screening, right? Mm-hmm. This yeah. was a Saturday afternoon after it's already been released. So, do you want to know a little bit of background about Spider Man, or do you even care? Uh, he got bit by a radioactive spider and has superpowers. Well, that's basically the gist of it. Uh, I could watch the first Spider Man movie with Tobey Maguire. I could watch the the Andrew Garfield Spider Man. The Andrew Garfield Spider Man. I could watch the end of the Spider Verse. I mean, it's a different Spider Man. Same story. Um, yeah. What else? What else do I want to know? Do you know why he's called Spider Man and not Spider Boy? No. Enlighten me, please. Uh, when Stan Lee and 
uh, Steve Ditko first created Spider-Man, they wanted to create a different kind of comic book character. This time they wanted to actually have the character grow and mature and basically see him go through high school, see him go to college. He was going to continue to age. So they didn't want him to be stuck with the name Spider-Boy during the whole you know existence of the comic book. So they gave him early on the name Spider-Man. Now, they put the dash in there because they had him going around in a red and blue outfit. They did not want him mistaken for a certain DC character named Superman. So that's why the hyphen's in there. So it's Spider-Man. Wait, Superman has spider powers? <laughs> no, but he also wears red and blue. Oh, and yellow. I mean, that could have been the differentiator. but uh, No, I didn't know that. Awesome. And it does make sense, uh, you know. How seriously do you take Superboy? Yeah. And what, does he not grow up and become a version of Superman? So I get what, that was smart. That, well, was, that was good thinking on their part. And for the fact that, you know, he originally uh, came out in 1962 in Amazing Fantasy number 15. So he's been around for a long time. Yeah, he's, and, he most certainly has. And if you think about it, in the original like story with him, they have had him go through the whole thing of high school to college, you know, dating Mary Jane to even a point where he was, you know, Mary Jane was pregnant and all that. But then came along a storyline called One More Day. Are you familiar with that storyline? No. Well, you should be because you just watched it. Oh, did I? Basically, the editors at Marvel decided that they wanted to start Spider-Man over again, basically. They didn't want him having the serious girlfriend or wife. You know, they didn't want to have children. They wanted him to basically go back to kind of the original idea of him. So they created the storyline where Aunt May gets killed because Spider-Man's identity has been revealed during the Civil War comic book storyline. And... Spider-Man goes around trying to find a way to, well, while she's dying, trying to find a way to save her, can't find a way. She ends up dying, and he makes a deal with the devil, Miss Fisto, to bring her back. But his price isn't Spider-Man's soul. It's the love between him and Mary Jane. And he make basically, Spider-Man at first says no, Mary Jane says yes. And so their love is basically forgotten about, and by doing that, Everyone forgets that he is Peter Parker as Spider-Man, and he brings back Aunt May. And it was one of the most controversial storylines in Marvel into the fact of people really hated it because they loved the relationship between him and Mary Jane. And so that's gone on for years as probably one of two of the most controversial storylines in the Spider-Man history. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't but, know that. But you can see where they kind of took some ideas from that and put it into this movie of Spider-Man's identity revealed. He wants everybody to forget. And if you'll notice when he goes back to the high school, um, there's someone holding a sign that says, uh, basically referring to Spider-Man as the devil, as the devil you know. Oh, so yeah. there's a little nod to the fact idea, of, except in this one, Aunt May isn't dying in the beginning. We will get to later what happens to Aunt May. One thing to know about One More Day is it leads into a story called Brand New Day, which is what the Spider-Man No Way Home is leading into, which is Spider-Man starting over with nobody knowing he is Peter Parker and no relationship with Mary Jane. So that's kind of where this movie leads off is the Brand New Day. Yeah, and that makes sense because uh, Tom Holland just signed on to do three more Spider-Man movies that 
don't relate to this trilogy. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be yeah. surprised, although it was very controversial, if the next title, the next Spider-Man movie, has something to do with Brand New Day. Yeah, maybe. One week after Quentin Beck's attacks in Europe, Spider-Man is framed for Beck's murder and his civilian identity as Peter Parker is revealed to the world. Peter and MJ flee to his apartment, reuniting with his Aunt May and Happy Hogan. With the apartment surrounded by the Department of Damage Control, Peter, MJ, May, and Ned are interrogated but ultimately released without charge, with Peter's name being eventually cleared with the help of lawyer Matt Murdock. Parker, MJ, and Ned return to high school, but their university applications are rejected due to recent controversy. This film picks up right where Far From Home left off, and I kind of dug that. Far From Home left us with a cliffhanger, and this you know, continues the story. I always think that's fun. Uh, I love the fact that J.K. Simmons is back. He played the uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the original uh, original trilogy with Tobey Maguire, so it was nice to see him back. What I liked about this is, you know, at the end of Far From Home, Mary Jane's all afraid of swinging, so now they have to swing and, you know. That was delightful camera work. I adored the swinging sequence with him. And her, they look so fantastic swinging together. Yeah. That was great camo work. And there's got to be a lot of trust there, right? To just hang on to Spider-Man and go. I loved um, their swinging effect versus, uh, I believe, Tobey Maguire's and Kirsten Dunst in that, you know, Kirsten Dunst was immediately comfortable swinging with him and Zendaya was not. Right, right. She was like, I don't like that. And when he takes her up to a really high point and drops her off, you know, and he's talking like it's normal, she's over here like, come help me. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that. So obviously Ned's going to get a hold of him first because he knows that Peter's Spider-Man and their conversation was hilarious. Dude, dude, dude. It was so funny. And then Zendaya goes, Dude, and she turns around and she's barely balancing on the uh, on top of a bridge. On top of yeah. a bridge, yeah. MJ's whole like role in this movie, she almost seems like she's just the voice of what we're all thinking. Oh sure, and, oh, sure. and I love how they have written her. Yeah, she was written very, very well. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. So they make their way to Peter's apartment, where we uh, see. May and Happy again, and uh, May Breaking just up. But they just broke up, and Happy's in tears. I, I felt bad for him. Yeah, I, I like that. Are you crying? Well, we just broke up. <laughs> That's great. That's great. They open the or they hear some noise. They open the door, and Peter and Zendaya are in the bedroom, and you know, uh, Peter's trying to get out of his spider suit, and it. Aunt May is so funny. You know, she doesn't get mad. She doesn't freak out. She just says, be careful. Use protection. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. They don't know. Aunt May and Happy don't know that his identity had been revealed yet. Right. Right. And instantly it's everywhere. Right. And he wants to talk about their relationship, but he's got this other thing going on. And yeah, that was a good reveal. I love that even in the beginning, kind of starts off a little bit lighthearted. I liked when... um, Peter is running around trying to get all the drapes closed and he has to use his web to close one of them. Yeah. And it kind of gives that levity to it while they're all arguing. You're seeing in the background the breaking news on the TV. Yeah. So then the uh, Department of Damage Control shows up and they haul him off. And we've seen all of this in the previews, you know, that they get called in. And eventually Peter Parker, there's no charges brought against him because they got themselves a very, very good lawyer. Yeah, they got themselves a cox. Yeah. 
you watched Daredevil on mm-hmm. uh, Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great show. If you haven't watched it, go fucking check it out. I thought it was fantastic. Which also brings in the whole, there's been rumors on the internet for a long time about whether or not the Netflix series are tied into the MCU. And a lot of people have been saying for a long time, no, they're two separate entities, that none of the uh, Netflix ones are connected to the MCU at all. Well, now they are. They yeah. just linked all of them. Well, they somebody changed your mind, which is fine because I liked the Netflix series. Aside of Iron Fist, that didn't really thrill me too much. I really liked Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and The Punisher. And mm-hmm. then the Defender series, I thought that was pretty okay. So, yeah, let's link them up. That was a good job. Yeah, there's been job. now rumors for a while that we are going to get the Punisher back. Oh, right on. We're going to get that same actor. And, oh, John Berenthal or yeah, whatever his name is? I guess, I, I think it was someone at Marvel actually said they cannot think of anybody else playing that role right oh, now. Oh, neither can I. Neither can I. Agreed 100%. So, yeah, so we got all of that, and then Peter, MJ, and Ned, they all got to go back to school and kind of start to try and live a normal life. And Before we get back to the school, did you catch the tie-in to the Hawkeye series? No. When, in the beginning, when Spider-Man is swinging with Zendaya, with MJ, through the, trying to get away from everything, there was a billboard in the background. And what did the billboard have on it? Oh, you had mentioned something like that. It was called Rogers the Musical, yeah, which Rod- is in... Rogers the Musical, which is when the Hawkeye series starts, the first episode, yeah. they are going to Rogers the Musical. Yeah, so it's all connected. Marvel knows what they're doing. So back to the high school, uh, they're trying to go on with their normal lives, this, that, and the other, and they start applying for college, and they are all trying to get into MIT together, and it's a nice little bit. And they all get rejected because they know... Of Spider-Man. They know who Spider-Man is. Hopes are dashed. And so now we have Peter thinking, there's got to be something that I can do because I've ruined the future for MJ. I've ruined the future for all of us. Peter consults with Stephen Strange in asking him to cast a spell to make people forget he is Spider-Man. Despite Wong's warning of the consequences that could incur, Strange casts the spell anyway. However, the spell is damaged when Peter's constantly changing requirements destabilizes it. Strange then berates Peter after finding out that Peter didn't even try to contact the MIT acceptance board before coming to him to request the spell. Parker goes to the Alexander Hamilton Bridge and tries to convince an MIT administrator to accept Ned and MJ's applications. Suddenly, the bridge is attacked by Otto Octavius, who rips Peter's nanotechnology from his iron suit, causing it to bond with his mechanical tentacles. Upon discovering that this isn't the Peter Parker he had previously fought, Octavius has his robotics arms disabled by the nanotechnology. Before being captured and placed in a holding cell in the Sanctorum, along with Kurt Connors, who has been captured by Strange. Strange reveals that his spell has begun bringing people from every part of the multiverse who knows Parker is Spider-Man into the world. With the help of MJ and Ned, Peter decides to help capture any other possible visitors they find and capture Max Dillon and Flint Marco. So yeah, Peter walks over to Doctor Strange's house, which is on Bleecker Street. Uh, always nice to see you know what i thought of when they panned up and you saw the the symbol on the on the building i thought wow the last time we saw this shot uh the hulk was coming down on the bifrost Mm -hmm. but that's just what i thought now did you know that 
the pizza shop where Tobey Maguire worked as, you know, Spider-Man was also on Bleecker Street. And according to the address, it was only like a couple blocks away. It was within a block. Within a block? Yeah. 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 The Pretty attention cool. to detail. The attention to detail. So he walks in and it's a nice uh, reuni- uh, reunion for Strange and Spider-Man. The last time they saw each other was at Tony Stark's funeral, I'm assuming. And um, we learn of a ramification, another one of the blip. Doctor Strange is no longer the Sorcerer Supreme. Who is it? Wong. Yeah. I loved Wong's kind of thing of, you know, I've got important things I'm working on. Yeah. Last time we saw Wong was where? Was in Shang-Chi. Yeah. He was uh, fighting with the abomination. Yeah. So that makes sense now, too, why he was allowed to go off and do whatever he wants, because now he's in charge. Yeah, he's the man. He's the man. So Peter walks in and says, hey, this thing really completely ruined my world and strange has a well at first peter wants him to use the time stone and we find out that uh dr strange doesn't have the time stone and we were kind of talking about this earlier um why don't you think he has the time stone well we came to the conclusion because of thanos destroying in that universe thanos destroyed all the stones yeah yeah and i think that's a pretty solid i think that's a pretty solid answer so the world the MCU we are now living in does not have any Infinity Stones. Now, I wonder, I think that story has played out, so they're never going to really bring back the Infinity Stones. But do you know what happens when you destroy them in the comic book series? They reforge. They come back into being because the universe always requires them, and they just appear in other places. Now, I wonder if that's why you have a drawer full of them in the Loki series. And in the Loki series, I think, too... Uh, they never really explain it for sure, but technically infinity stones are only supposed to work in the universe that they came from. So by being outside the universe in that Loki series, the drawer full of them have no powers. Yeah. That's what I kind of gathered too. When I saw yeah. them. Yeah. They're yeah. just paperweights at that point. Yeah. Strange does the spell and he's pretty, he's pretty uh, laid well, back about doing the spell before he, he does a spell. Wong basically advises him not to do it. And says, you know, if you're going to do it, go ahead and do it. And throughout the rest of the movie, as everything went wrong, I kept thinking, oh, Wong's going to be pissed. Yeah. Uh, Strange even says, don't tell Wong. Or somebody says, don't tell Wong. Um, So, yeah, he leaves. And you're right. He was kind of just uh, like it was no big deal. You know, oh, we've we've done the spell for less. And he made it. He sold it like it wasn't that really that big of a deal until. He brings up the party that the, the two of them were at. Do you remember that party? No. See, see, <laughs> so that was pretty good, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So Wong just says, uh, you know, if I don't see it, I don't know about it, and takes off and goes on his vacation. And Peter and Doctor Strange go down and start whipping up the spell. And I thought it was, I was thinking, well, Doctor Strange was doing the spell. He was like, okay, I'm gonna do this one spell, and it's gonna be done. And then Peter would go, uh, but what about? And then Doctor Strange would go. Okay, we're going to make the spell, but with this caveat. I felt like when I was watching that scene, that's exactly how Elise gets whatever she wants from me. I'll say, no, we're going to go to Storm. We're going to get just this. And we'll go in, and then she'll come with uh, another you know, item or something. And I'll go, okay, fine, we'll get it. Kind of like uh, you go to the store only planning on spending $20 and come out with a $100 receipt. Exactly. So I was thinking to myself, Doctor Strange is kind of a pushover. 
especially when it comes to Parker. I love how, and this comes up a little bit later on in the movie, you know, Dr. Strange is his idea to do this whole forgetting thing based off of something Peter said, and he's casting the spell and he's making all those changes. And MJ calls him out later on it saying, well, this kind of is your fault. Oh, I thought that blaming Peter. I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant piece of writing when Zendaya says, I know a couple of magic words myself and loved that moment. (laughs) They start with please. And thank you again. I wish they wouldn't have shown that in the trailer. Mm -hmm. So, but I really did enjoy that moment. Um, so yeah, strange does the spell. It gets all fucked up. He has to contain it is how I understood it. Mm -hmm. And I don't, and at this point we don't know if it takes or not. Right. And, and then they're outside and, um, and please, it is did you try calling? What? Wait, you can do that? <laughs> and then he has that moment. I was about ready to erase the entire universe's memory, and you didn't try to make a phone call? Yeah. Did and that, that not seem like angry dad? Oh, I was just going to say that. That is totally today's youth and how to get things done. And, uh, you know, me... Uh, being a father, I can totally appreciate that because how many times have you said, well, did you call or did you do this? And uh, no. Yeah. Joey had a similar experience recently that he couldn't find the battery for or the battery charger for his camera. He had searched all over and we're like, well, did you look in your car? Yes, I looked in my car. We just need to get a new one. Or he was going to drive, you know, a couple hours back up to his dorm to try to go ahead and get his char- you know, his replacement charger. And we kept saying, well, have you looked everywhere? Looked everywhere? We were getting ready to order a new one, and I find out he's got his charger. I'm like, where was your charger? It was out in the car. Yeah. So same. exactly, you know, he just doesn't want to make the effort to go out and do these other things. All parents go through this. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he calls MIT and he talks to Flash because Flash gets in. And, um, you know, Flash from the very beginning of the series has always been a big uh, Spider-Man fan. So I thought it was it was funny that they did that, you know, Peter says, fine, dude, I'll be your best friend or I'll say I'm your best yeah. friend. And he says, you know, the, the lady for the admissions office just left. If you go, you can catch her. Speaking of Flash, you brought up a point earlier that Marvel made a nod to a DC storyline. Yeah, the the name of Flash Thompson's book that he writes is Flashpoint, which is the one where the in DC, Flash goes back in time and changes shit, right? Yeah, and he, he basically, his meddling in time screws things up in the present, which is kind of the story of this movie. Yeah. Their meddling with people's memories actually ends up bringing in all these things that screw things up. Yeah, so it's a nice little nod, you know, yeah. between, uh, between the two companies. So he goes and tries to talk to this admissions lady, and this is where we get our first villain. And again, we saw most of everything in the trailer. Did you catch the Easter egg uh, with the admissions lady car? No. What was it? Behind her car was a taxi cab. And on that taxi cab, the license plate was 1228. Do you know what that number is? What is it? It's a nod. It is a nod to Stan Lee. That's kind of how they reference Stan Lee in this movie because that was Stan Lee's birthday. Oh, well, there you go. The more you know. So that was kind of a way, even though, you know, unfortunately this is the second movie I believe he hasn't done a cameo in. Right. Or third movie because he didn't do Shang-Chi, he didn't do Eternals, and now this movie. Right. Last one he was in was in Endgame. Yeah. Oh, he didn't do Black Widow either. Oh, he didn't do Black Widow. So yeah. So that was kind of a way to kind of reference Stan. I was kind of hoping that they would have tried a little bit more creatively to inject him in there in such maybe like you could see his 
you could see his face in a newspaper or you could see oh, yeah. or yeah. you could see like a, a group of pictures hanging on the wall something like that to where he's he's just snuck in picture wise not necessarily physically wise just somewhere in the background to be a little easter egg yeah yeah for sure but, for sure but that hasn't happened i haven't heard of any reveals in the previous movies so i'm guessing they just kind of sort of decided well, we're just going to let that lie yeah mm-hmm. yeah so and that's and that's okay too yeah totally uh, but the the birth date's a nice little nod, for sure, for sure. And on this bridge, uh, we like I said, we get to meet our first villain, and it's Alfred Molina's Doc Ock from what I think is probably the best of the Tobey Maguire films. Completely. That is a great storyline. Um, Spider-Man 2 is Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought the fight between these guys was great, and uh, I really did. I enjoyed the bit where, you know, Peter's getting his ass kicked, and then all of a sudden we see his iron spider uh suit come out and has all his iron legs and i was thinking ah doc ott's got his tentacles my man's got his iron legs this is pretty cool and they even acknowledge it by having doc ock say something about it he says i'm like where'd you get i know where you got that idea from or Or, uh yeah or uh we like competition or some shit like that something like Oh, this makes it interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, something along those lines. Something, right? uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, thanks to Tony Stark, that's the suit that the uh, Peter spider. gets. Yeah, the Iron Spider. And I really like the part where, uh, you know, he flips him upside down, uh, or Doc Ock flips Spider Man upside down, has him going in for the kill, and he rips part of his nano suit off. And then it instantly integrates with Doc Ock's. Uh, his te- his, te- his tentacles, yeah, right? attacking his te- tentacles. And I was thinking, oh, this is so Star Tech, mm-hmm. right? Because he's the one that built it. And then uh, uh, Spider Man takes control of the tentacles because of the wireless connection and you know the the technology that is used. And he, I thought that was kind of clever. I Bluetoothed them. That's what it was. It was Bluetooth. When, when his tentacles <laughs> went kind of red and blue. I thought, oh, now he's just gotten an upgrade. But I loved how he all of a sudden had control. And he's like, okay, well, you're no big deal anymore. Yeah, they flipped it. I thought that too. I thought, oh, they gave Doc Oppen an upgrade. But no, he was, uh, you know, getting Bluetooth by yeah. the spider suit. And didn't he say something at one point about, well, this is embarrassing? Yeah, something like that. I thought this action sequence was filmed beautifully. Wonderful camera work. I could not notice. They had used uh, CGI to kind of de-age uh doc ock a little bit as well as his uh tentacles were all cgi i didn't notice it neither did i it it was done very well yeah yeah and this is what you kind of expect when you go into a marvel movie and i guess you know they blend cgi and reality so well now that you know you know in your head at some point that it's cgi or you can guess um but you 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 be- you believe it? Yeah, and, and it really it. it really did feel like they had just pulled him out of the Tobey Maguire movie. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, for sure. There's there's an, there's another important thing that is happening during this action sequence. The action is focused on Doc Ock getting Spider Man, and he is relentless and he is stopping at nothing. Doc Ock, just as before in the in the other universe, the Sony universe, doesn't care about civilians. Spider-Man has always cared about civilians and such and wanting to help people. And it is to his own detriment that he he is continually trying to save people. 
Yeah. And this is important for later on in the storyline because this is who Spider-Man ultimately is. Yeah. He wants to help other people more than he wants to succeed himself. Yeah. And so he lands up uh, gaining the upper hand, capturing Doc Ock and saving the admissions lady who has a change of heart as well and says, okay, you're a hero and we'll give you guys another shot. I was waiting for her to slap Doc Ock. She does. She did, didn't she? Didn't, did she slap him or did she, she just did say not slap him, him, but she just verbally berates him. That that was funny. So Peter takes Doc Ock back to the Sanctorum where Doctor Strange has been busy and uh, he finds out that Doctor Strange captured Kurt Connors, a.k.a. the Lizard. And now they have to go track down uh, all these other uh, villains from... No, it was other people who knew... Peter Parker was Spider-Man because yeah. that was the spell. Yeah, what happened was that the spell backfired. And instead of making people forget, it brought in people who knew. Right. And so is this where the scene where we get um, Ned, MJ, and Peter talking to Doc Ock? And they say, well, what what's your name? Yeah. And he goes, Octo Octavius. And they're like, no, really? Yeah. I love that. I thought that was a great, even though we had seen that in the trailer as well. Still got a good, you know, got some good laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we move forward to Dr. Strange turns it over to the Scooby-Doo crew to mm. clean up the mess. And they're, and I think they're going, they're actually going to look for the goblin because that was Peter, what I thought. Peter had seen the green goblin, but and they then, started scr- scrounging the internet. Uh, but they go off looking for the goblin and they run into electro and sandman what i thought was kind of also an, another nod to uh previous spider-man's as his black suit uh, but his black suit wasn't really a black suit it was just his normal suit turned inside out and i thought that was pretty clever that was funny yeah that's what i was trying to figure out because i noticed a lot of wires coming off of his suit so you say it was turned inside out yeah that's what he did oh that's right because it had uh all that the green, green stuff schmutz. on it yeah Okay, that makes sense. Because I was wondering about what that suit, I thought it was kind of a weird suit. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, he's kind of running out of suits, you know, but that is, that's the same suit from Far From Home, just turned inside out. I liked how when they brought in Electro, he started out as the blue Electro. And then he kind of morphed into a better looking Jamie Foxx. Yeah. The hair piece and the weird teeth and all that. And well, as he's kind of reforming from the electricity into a, a, a... into a human form or whatever, uh, Peter throws that uh, weapon that Doctor Strange gave him, you know, that automatically transports him back mm-hmm. to the sanctum. And it, it goes right through him because he's not fully formed yet, and it hits a tree. And then the tree goes into the sanctum. I thought that was a funny yeah. bit. And then Ned even brings up later, you know, tell me if that's a, uh, a supervillain that merged with a tree. Yeah, and then Jamie Foxx is like, no, man, that's a tree. So yeah, we get to see a new Jamie Foxx and then uh, Sandman shows up. Yeah, Flint Marco. Yeah, and he starts saying, Peter, uh, what's going on? I can help you with this guy. I like how they they brought him right in from his last moments in the uh, Tobey Maguire movie that he had kind of repented and he yeah. was starting to help. Yeah, so it he, wasn't like he was you know pulled in as a villain. He was pulled in as a guy who kind of was on the fence. Yeah, he... Um, yeah, they picked that up right where they left off with that, which I thought was a nice nod too. And then Peter explains to him, he says, I'm Peter Parker, but I'm not your Peter Parker, right? Mm-hmm. And so they kind of work together. 
I found it's kind of interesting how we have um, people pulled in at the end of their lives. So we get Goblin at the end of his life. We get Doc Ock at the end of his life. And um, it's curious that we have them in one timeline dying separately from each other. But for whatever reason, they are brought in. I also thought it was interesting, too, kind of... it makes sense in that when they were brought in they could tell their stories up until the point where they died they couldn't remember anything after that which was weird to them but we know from the movies we've seen that's when they die yeah but i guess it just has to do with how the spell was cast anybody who knows that peter parker is spider-man report here yeah period across all of the multiverses sure so i guess that's why they were pulled in the way that they were yeah we're also hit with the idea, and this is something that Strange brings up, is that although some people have been pulled in, more people are going to be pulled in. And this is why he wants to not only contain the spell, but cancel it right away and send everybody back because more are coming. Elsewhere, Norman Osborn is retrieved after going to a feast building seeking help. Strange wants to send the villains back to their respective universes and meet their fates. However, Parker wants to cure and help them before sending them back in order to prevent their fated deaths. He frees them and confines Strange in the mirror dimension after a brief fight, taking the villains to Hogan's apartment. Parker successfully cures Octavius by using Stark Industries technology to replace his broken inhibitor chip. When cures are developed for Osborne and Dylan, the Green Goblin persona takes over Osborne before the cure can be administered. Goblin then manipulates Dylan into removing the pack that Parker put on him to cure him, and despite the best efforts of Parker and Octavius, the other four escape. In the ensuing battle, May is critically injured by the Goblin, with Peter unable to save her as she succumbs to her wounds. MJ and Ned accidentally learn how to open portals using Strain's sling ring, which they use in an attempt to find Parker, but instead summon an alternate version of him from a different universe. A second attempt brings through another. I did not see coming that Norman's good side would just... First of all, you know he throws away his helmet into the garbage can where he breaks it into pieces, which mm-hmm. is a nod to a storyline in the Spider-Man comic book where Spider-Man throws away his suit ends up in the dumpster, which was also used in the Tobey Maguire one when he stopped being Spider-Man and threw away his suit. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of all this nod to all those movies. But I didn't see him just kind of showing up in Aunt May's, you know, the place where she works. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Yeah, that was. Yeah, because I always thought in in his movie, in his Spider-Man movie, The Green Goblin, whenever he kind of became the good Norman, he was still really a bad Norman. I didn't think he was really ever wanting to help spider-man except for a couple times when he begged for his help but i thought he was always just kind of trying to trick spider-man yeah and i think he was um but you know this norman osborne is lost and there is no oscorp mm-hmm. and someone else lives in his house so he's mm-hmm. probably freaking out a little and bit. no harry yeah and there's no harry that's right mm-hmm. yeah so he ends up at aunt may's shelter and peter comes in um what'd you think of willem so good to see him he was the strongest villain and I thought he was the main, I thought he would, I thought he was the main villain of this film. So now we have seen the Green Goblin in the MCU. So, yeah. and he was right back to the same character. He oh yeah. Before. He did a great, that's what I'm saying. He, yeah. he, he really played that, played that well. We jumped over well. a moment that I want to talk a little bit more about. Strange is all set. 
Okay, let's send everybody back now. He's got the spell and he's revving it up. As he revs up that spell, I'm wondering, how did both of you feel at that moment? Do you think that Strange uh, should have given Parker an opportunity to consider other options or not? My personal opinion is, first of all, when Peter interfered in the beginning, he started all the problems. Sending them back all to the fates that they had all, all created themselves, I would have let them do the spell. Yeah, I probably would have just let them do the spell as well. I mean, but that's not, you know, Peter who has to save everyone who has this kind of messiah complex that he has to try to save everybody. Yeah, but but we'd all be, well, what about you? What, what would you do? So my personal feeling at that moment was Dr. Strange was not eloquent or uh, uh, savvy enough to explain more graciously the fact that in life, everybody's going to die at some time. It is the way time works. People live and people die. Sometimes people die in unpleasant ways. Sometimes people die in expected ways. But everybody dies, and everybody's life is written this way, period. You live and then you die. Knowing that everybody is going to die, why does it matter if their life, we know when they die versus they don't know when they die? They go back to their universes, and that's how it's supposed to be. I was content with having them go back despite the fact that they, most of them are going back to their deaths because everybody dies. In the previous movies where Doctor Strange has been in, especially when his interactions with the Ancient One, it's always been about you don't mess with what's supposed to happen. You don't screw with fate. You don't screw with time. You know, I almost felt like he was channeling the Ancient One when he basically said, this is their fate. They have to go meet it. What happens with the Infinity Stones? We get the Infinity Stones, and then the Infinity Stones are put back exactly where they were, exactly when they were taken. Mm -hmm. So I felt like that having these people go back and getting more time in their life was kind of fucking with the multiverse of things. I was thinking that too, in that, great, he's going to go cure them now, send them back to the universes. First of all, that doesn't mean they're all going to live. You know, it just could mean that they all show up right before they're supposed to die, but now without their powers. Um, plus, what effect is that now going to have on those multi those universes? I look at it as uh, they came to... Uh, they came to the they came to the MCU universe as villains, and they're going back to their universe as not villains. Yeah, but like for you know Andrew and Toby, their universes now their history's almost almost been changed a little bit, or something's gone different in their universes. Are they going to be the same Spider-Man? Why wouldn't they be? Well, in Toby's universe, he was probably impacted with the death of Harry Osborn. Um, Norman Osborn? Excuse me, he was uh, impacted with the death of Norman Osborn, which in turn impacted what happened with Harry. So now if Norman lives and is all cured again, what does that do for his storyline with Harry? It, it makes him uh, happily ever after. Yeah, so I don't know. Would that change everything? If these villains go back to the moment when they're dying and they're dying at the moment they're with Spider-Man, does that mean that their deaths oh, I'm a normal person. Now they're dead. I don't know. Those are all probably unanswerable questions. Here, here's another thing about um, every aspect of life and death in the Marvel Universe, at least in the comic books, there is an entity 
for those things. Like there is actually a character in the Marvel universe named death who represents all aspects of death. Stealing from death pisses off death. So I wonder if we are going to get some ramifications of Peter Parker screwing with the balance of things. Cause don't we have a, a little bit of that discussed in eternals? Well, which part that, you know, fuck, fucking with, you know, who lives and who dies. And, oh, and you, yeah. you need to let things play out yeah. the way that they play. Oh, out. right. And not by, interfere. Right. They by, have the whole not interfere yes. thing. And by killing, you know, that one or not killing, but putting them to sleep or whatever they did with that one eternal, not letting them wake. They just caused a billion, you know, suns from never being created. So a billion galaxies, all that life never was created. Yeah. So why didn't Dr. Str- and so I guess what I'm getting at is I wish Dr. Strange could have more eloquently, coherently, and concisely conveyed this to Peter at this critical moment, but he was impatient about it, and he just wanted to get the spell done and over with, I he, guess. He did bring up the fact of, I forget that I'm talking to basically a kid. Right. Sure. And if they would have done it, we wouldn't have seen the other half of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, And yeah, if they had done it, we wouldn't have lost you know, Aunt May. I well, was, that's true, too. I was thinking very specifically about that. I kept yeah. thinking, you know, at the point where, you know, jumping ahead a little bit to, you know, later on in our story here, but when Aunt May succumbs to her wounds and all that, do you think the first thought that Peter had was, I should have let them all go back. I should have let Strange do his spell. Oh, I'm sure it is. It should have crossed his mind. Yeah, it should have been the first thing in his mind. I mean, that should be something that he's now going to have to live with, is that if he just listen to Doctor Strange in the beginning, she'd still be around. Yeah. If Toby Maguire's Spider Man would have just let things be, then he would not have lost his uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well no, he let things be. He didn't go after the guy. Yeah. If he would have went after the guy, then he but, would have lost but, his uncle. But didn't but didn't he ultimately kill him? Yeah, in three. No. Didn't who ultimately kill who? No, uh, by him doing nothing, it caused the death of Uncle Ben and caused the death of the person that killed Uncle Ben. Because remember, he backed mm-hmm. up and fell out the window. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And so basically, he watched, you know, this this thief, this guy die. He got you know get away, and then he watched him die. Yeah. So they go on and they have a little tussle because Peter intervenes, and I do love watching Doctor Strange fight. Yeah, me too. Uh, I thought the. You remember how in Shang-Chi when Abomination throws the punch to Wong and he opens the portal and they do the same kind of bits here, but with Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, it's a little bit more fun. You know what I mean? And what's great about that too is after, I think it was either Endgame or Infinity War, uh, fans on the internet always ask, why weren't the portals used more? Why didn't, like at one point, you know, Wong or Strange open up a portal and just cut Thanos' hand off with it? You know, things like that. And it's nice to see there was a callback, I guess, in uh, Infinity War when, uh, was it Spider-Man kept coming through the portals and hitting Thanos at yeah. least. So they used it a little bit in there, but people would have liked to see it more. And I liked how in this storyline... They actually used it during the the fight. Strange yeah. really got good at it. Yeah. So Peter doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to send him back to their fate. So he steals the box and 
Doctor Strange chases him. Gets him marooned. And we get this great sequence when they go into the mirror dimension. Um, And, you know, if you've seen the trailers, you've pretty much seen a lot of this bit. And I thought that it was funny that uh, Doctor Strange thinks he has the upper hand in this mirror dimension. And he's getting ready to, you know, leave Peter and go send these fucks back to where they belong. And he goes, I'll come get you when, when I'm done. And then Peter looks around this, that, and the other. And he says, wait a minute. This is math. This is geometry. This is geometry. I'm good at geometry. (laughs) So he does his thing and he traps uh, Doctor Strange and he says, you know magic, but I know math. And I thought that was a nice little nod to all the math people out there. That was was a really good, nice touch. Mm -hmm. Nice touch, Marvel. Mm -hmm. So uh, Peter gets out of the mirror dimension, leaving Doctor Strange there. And um, he comes back and now... He's going to try and help all the villains. And I guess I kind of expected this from our this Spider-Man because Tom Holland plays Spider-Man with empathy and sympathy. And it, it really comes across. And and Aunt May. And, and Oh, absolutely. I thought Marissa Tomei was wonderful as Aunt May. And it was a great casting choice. You know, I was sad to see her go, but it, I guess it's time. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He had to lose somebody because I equate it to the death of Uncle Ben and all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll get there in a second. I think it also... It cuts his ties with the previous two movies. You know, this third movie sets up for a fourth movie where he is starting brand new over again. It's a new game for him. Um, Basically, he's living in an apartment on his own. He's got to to start his whole life. He's got to make money. Um, We basically get the storyline from the comic books, which was called Brand New Day. It's it's the relaunch of Spider-Man. Yeah, but I don't think she had to die. No, but... If she was still in it, he'd probably still be living in the apartment, still living at home. You know, he's not, still, no, and he, she's being a big part of his life. No, he knew what he had to do, but we're we're jumping ahead. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so they're all back at uh, Happy's apartment. That's right. They take him back to Happy's apartment, which I thought was pretty funny. That was funny. And uh, they figure out how to cure Doc Ock, and they do. And I thought that was a nice little, nice little moment. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, the Green Goblin's, the Green Goblin persona shows up, mm-hmm. and he starts saying, "Why? Why are we letting them change us? We are gods. We can do whatever we want." And he convinces Electro, mm-hmm. you know, and he's Electro's pretty fucking powerful because they gave him some st- uh, some arc technology, and now he's, you know, all kinds of badass. Yeah, and, and he brings it up, you know, we could go back to our universes where basically we don't know if we'll live or die. We just know that we're supposed to die. Let's just be powerful here. You know, let's keep our power, still be villains, and run rampant in this universe. Yeah, and so um, they they have this big fight, and they escape, or the four escape, and, in the, in the, and while this is going on, like we had said previously, Aunt May dies. And Peter is absolutely destroyed by it, and uh, he takes off. I, I I have to say I was surprised when Aunt May. Uh, I'm okay. You, you're, yeah, you're okay. so did I. I thought no, for sure. Yeah, she's dying. She's gotta die. Yeah, they did a really good job on that. So the glider comes around and hits her, kind of like it does with uh, Willem Dafoe in the first movie. Yeah, right. Very yeah. reminiscent. And then I'm thinking, oh, no, he's going to go over there and she's going to be dead. But she gets up and she starts talking to him like, are you okay? They're like, we're okay. We got to get out of here. No. And then, yeah. I'm, I'm tired. Uh, okay. Got to catch my breath. 
When it first I, hit her, I thought they weren't going to kill her. I thought they were going to just like break her back and she was going to be paralyzed. Oh, and you, we we're going to find out in the last movie that she survived oh, or yeah. at the end of the movie. But no. Yeah, you're, you're, you're too optimistic. I know. I did not see the death of Aunt May. Oh, as soon as it came around and it hit her, I went, oh, fuck. They just killed Aunt May. Yeah. It, 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 as soon as she said, are you okay? I'm okay. She's not okay. Yeah. It, her death was done well. Yeah, it was. And it was... Another good piece of work by Tom Holland. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you really felt it. I, you know, I, I teared up a little bit. It was, it was a little bit of emotion, uh, emotions running there. And he takes off. And now we are with uh, Ned and MJ, who still who have the box, who at any moment can hit the button and send everybody back to their own universe. Uh, but she's waiting from the the word from Peter. And when Peter trapped Doctor Strange, he took the box and his sling ring, and he gave the sling ring to Ned. And this is where we get our first glimpse of Ned using the sling ring. And he's starting to open portals. You know, it took Doctor Strange forever to learn how to do that, and Ned just comes up and does it uh, real quick-like. But he does have magic in his family. That's what he was said. Yeah, that's what they say. And they open up the first portal and they see a Spider-Man here comes Spider-Man and here comes Spider-Man, but it's not the Spider-Man that we think it is. Okay. So who did you think it was? I thought it was going to be McGuire. John. I honestly figured it was Andrew at first only because he was wearing the full costume. I figured when we got McGuire, it probably wouldn't be in costume. Really? Yeah. No, he uh, read I that. guessed it. No. Yeah, he totally read that. No, I had a uh, feeling it was going to be Andrew. I was expecting McGuire. Yeah, me too. Plus, he was tall and lanky. And Andrew is very tall and lanky. McGuire is not. Yeah. I like how Andrew Gar- Garfield uh, was playing Peter Parker and playing Spider-Man is just like he did in the other ones. And he, he, I thought he did a good job. And then they figure out that they open, they have to open up another portal and uh, here comes Tobey Maguire, not necessarily dressed in the Spider-Man costume because he says, you know, if you don't want people to know who you are, you shouldn't be walking around, you know, mm-hmm. not in costume i kind of expected at these points that you know it's been so many years it's been what seven years since um seven years since andrew played spider-man and it's been 14 years since toby has played spider-man it looks like it's been and 14 years i, I was toby. figuring time has already probably passed like that in that maybe maybe toby when i first saw him you know in his street clothes that maybe he's not spider-man anymore maybe he's married mj maybe they've had kids maybe he's moved on his life because he looks older andrew on the other hand i figured was still kind of a spider-man i do like how they basically didn't say that the portals opened up to a new universe and brought them in that they were already pulled into the universe and they were looking for them agreed yeah i thought that was i thought that was pretty good so i'm glad they didn't do this weird multiverse thing of you know opening up portals to other universe I, li- I like how uh mj makes uh andrew prove that he's spider-man he has to get up and climb up all over the ceiling and then ned's grandma comes out and says hey can you get those spider webs yeah. in the corner i thought that was cute. like he's he's sticking to the ceiling with his hand and she's gonna be like i need more than that and he's like no i'm not giving you more than that yeah this isn't good enough for you he's still holding on to the ceiling by one hand so Ned and MJ find their Parker, who is comforted by MJ after learning of May's death. He then meets the other Spider-Men, who share their own stories of losing loved ones and encourage him to fight in May's honor. They cooperate on curing the remaining villains and lure them to the Statue of Liberty. Ned and MJ protect the original bind spell by Strange as the Spider-Men battle their enemies together. 
As the three Spider-Men struggle, they decide to plan a coordinated attack on the villains. They are later joined by Octavius, and they manage to defeat and cure Connors, Dylan, and Marco after a lengthy battle. With Dylan reconciling with his universe of Spider-Man and being encouraged to abandon his villainous tendencies. This scene where that they are consoling each other and telling their stories. I get Andrew Garfield kind of tells the whole story of how he lost Gwen Mm -hmm. and you could see the tears. And I love the emotion that he actually showed. I thought it was really well done. And then Toby talks about uncle Ben and I'm thinking that is an integral part of every Spider-Man's origin. They all lost uncle Ben. Well, we don't know if, well, Tom Holland's didn't lose uncle Ben. Yeah, but I would assume he did only in that again, Every Spider-Man story starts with Uncle Ben. And what happens when you assume, buddy? I'm usually right. (laughs) What multiverse are you from? That's funny. Um, Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they've never really addressed Uncle Ben at all in the MCU. Now, the one thing... The only thing that they've ever addressed was in Homecoming, he says to Ned, you can't tell May after everything she's been through, I don't want to put her through this as well. So I guess you can assume there it was Uncle Ben, but it was before his time. One thing I will do, and you called out earlier about kind of the connections to the Spider-Verse, and you were worried that they were going to kind of steal some ideas or use some of the ideas. This unloading of all the heartache that they've all gone through reminded me of the exact scene from the Spider-Verse where they're all going through about who they've lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was a good scene, and, you know, it, it kind of it kind of takes you back to those other films. Totally, so, totally. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed the fact that these Spider-Men got to talk with each other and share their feelings about being Spider-Man with each other. It is a rare and unique experience to have an opportunity to be able to talk to yourself like this and hear different perspectives of yourself. Yeah. And what I really enjoyed was that, yeah, the internet spoiled that Maguire and Garfield were going to be in it, um, except for you because you didn't look. But what I really was kind of worrying about is that they were going to be in it for two minutes and then be gone. They actually have a lot of screen time in this and, and there dialogue is, and dialogue and there's a lot of bonding between the three spider-men which loved i loved it and i really appreciated it for sure yeah and again i love how they really did pull them in you know their exact characters from the you know their universes in that you know garfield the feelings are still raw about gwen and how mm-hmm. he's never gotten over it and i really liked how toby brought up you know when uncle ben died and then he watched the thief who killed Uncle Ben, he watched him die, how it meant nothing, and it did nothing to help him. Yeah. And that kind of foreshadowed what we were going to see at the end of the movie. Yeah. So they all decide to team up, and they uh, put the, they get the cures for whatever, and they kind of set the trap. Did you? Uh, what did you guys think of the uh, Statue of Liberty now holding Roger's shield? I like that, but I want to go to one point before that when they were making the cures. One of my favorite scenes of this movie is when Ned basically says to them, Peter? And they all look and go, yeah, I'm Peter. I'm Peter too. I'm, I'm Peter. Yeah. yeah. He goes, well, That's... Parker. No, we're all Parkers. Yeah, they're all Parkers too. Yeah, it was a nice Very amusing. Yeah. I thought that just the whole banter between all of them. That scene did go a little bit long, but I thought the banter was kind of fun. Yeah, it was good. Good times, good times. Yeah, but now to the shield. Uh, yeah, it kind of was cool to see the Statue of Liberty with the shield. So, yeah, 
they come together, they work, and they cure Connors and Dylan and Marco. Well, they they cure Sandman first, right? No, they cure they cure Doc Ock first. Well, I'm saying, but when they got to the Statue of Liberty, At the Statue of Liberty, yeah, 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 yeah. The villains, they, yeah, yeah, they cure Sandman first, which is kind of cool. Which is smart because yeah. he's probably the hardest to contain. Mm-hmm. right because he's sand <laughs> and it, it makes sense why they picked the statue of liberty because they could bring him inside the statue of liberty and actually do whatever fission thing they did with him yeah sure they yeah they i really enjoyed the dialogue that the three spider-men had here as well waiting for the villains to arrive as well as trying to come up with a plan on how to defeat did it did it have anything to do with them talking about the organic web shooters that was a fun moment sure uh, it was hilarious. They, uh, Toby Maguire says something like, uh, what do you mean web shooters? What are you talking about? And both, uh, uh, Garfield and Holland are like, we have to make our own. And he was like, and he shoots it out. And they're so amazed. They're like, what the fuck was that? And that was one of the biggest complaints of the Toby Maguire movie when it first came out was his organic web shooters, but it plays off so perfectly here. And I love the bit. Well, the great thing about that is that is a that pays service to the fans of the movies because that's actually been a big discussion on a lot of the Marvel forums lately of how are they going to you know how are Andrew and Holland going to react to the organic shooters so they actually brought that in I think to you know a shout out to the fans yeah yeah well how how do you not address that mm-hmm. right that's and, what I was thinking and, too and I love the line of well does it do they shoot out of anywhere else? Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. He's like, I'm uncomfortable talking about this. Totally. So I wonder what that means. What that means. Uh, so yeah, they cured uh, the lizard. And, and wasn't it fun watching the Spider-Man when they were working together? Like, especially like, I loved watching all of them running on on the uh, scaffolding. Just hey, look at three Spider-Men. Yeah. yeah. Visually, it was very nice. Another thing we get in this scene is a little bit of an Easter egg, a little bit of call out to the comic book when we get introduced to the new Electro, where he's got the arc reactor on him and he's sparking. Did you notice that every time he sparked, there was these little things that popped out of his head, these little spikes looking things that's popped out of his head? No, I didn't see that. If you watch it again, you'll see that it matches his actual costume in the comic books. They have little lightning bolts on his mask. Well, if you watch it, the little sparks on his head make those lightning bolts. Right on. Right on. Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, I nice. was looking for it because yeah. I kind of had seen it a little bit in the trailer and I wasn't sure. Yeah, it was an actual call out to the comic book. Right on. Right on. And how much, how, how much, I found it extremely satisfying having the three Spider-Mans actually on the screen because in, you know, when we see reboots and remakes done and then to bring all the reboots and remakes in together into one movie like this, totally cool yeah and and that they address kind of the real world issues of was it toby's back is hurting and andrew's like yeah mine kind of hurts in that little spot down here and then they crack the back and yeah i just love how they're kind of like oh you know issues of being spider-man yeah that was really good writing on the writer's part so yeah i I thought it worked and uh, the three of them all together i appreciated so it was fun very much and they showed kind of the you know Although Ned has been able to figure out how to open up portals, he has not figured out how to close the portal. That's what I thought was funny too. So, so he, yeah. he's not the expert yet. He's not the pro. Right. And so, and I kept wondering, you know, they open the portal and they give the box to MJ and they're safe in the sanctorum. And we've seen in the previews that she's on the scaffolding at some point. And I'm thinking, what, what is going to be the, 
the thing that drives her out to the scaffolding and it's lizard who gets away and being chased so they run out but ultimately it's ned because he can't close the fucking portal Mm -hmm. so yeah that was a great scene now we had seen in the previews uh, well, you and I have, because I don't think you watched press professor. You didn't watch the previews. I or? watched the preview once. Did you see in the previews? MJ I don't remember falling. I don't remember anything from the preview because okay. I knew that I wanted to see and enjoy the movie. So I watch it once done. Yeah. Uh, the scene where MJ is falling in the previews, Don, did you have any question of who was going to save her? Um, actually I really thought that she was going to die. You did you? I did. When I she was falling, were, I was thinking falling. she was she, this. She could die here because she could die. That's a better yeah. way of saying it. Yeah, because because uh, they already killed Aunt May. So even in the previews, I thought that for my could be it. my impression, since I knew that they were bringing Garfield in, and this scene looked so much the same scene of Gwen falling in mm-hmm. you know his mm-hmm. movie that this was his redemption moment. You know he tried to save Gwen and ended up killing her in his movie that this one he was going to save. So I knew at some point that he was going to be the one to save her. Yeah. And and that's what it turns out to be. And it was a very, it was a really tender moment too, when he does, because he starts to get emotional, like, okay, I, I was able to save her, but he's still probably just devastated and heartbroken that he couldn't save Gwen. But, right. you know, he did right by MJ. And yeah. so I mm-hmm. thought it was a really good scene. I thought, I yeah. thought it was good. In my head, I was thinking, you know, maybe his thoughts of not this time. Ned accidentally frees Strange from the mirror dimension, who seizes control of the spell and works to protect the current universe as the barriers begin to break down between the other universes. Meanwhile, an enraged Parker fights and overpowers the goblin, intending to kill him in vengeance for May's death, but he is stopped short by the Parker from the goblin's universe, only for the latter to be stabbed from behind by the goblin. Parker then injects the goblin with the cure, restoring him to a regretful Osborne. Peter and MJ confess their love for each other and share a passionate kiss before the spell officially starts. To prevent further catastrophe and at Parker's request, Strange fixes the spell, sending the alternate Spider-Man and their villains back to their respective universes while making everyone forget Parker's existence. Later, Parker tries to reintroduce himself to MJ and Ned, but finds himself unable to do it. Parker visits May's grave, joined by Hogan, now oblivious to his identity, and vows to carry on. Parker creates a new suit from scratch to resume his independent heroics. End movie. So we knew that Strange had to come back in. Right. And when he comes back in, he's going to save the day. And I was waiting for Doc Ock to show up as well. He has to show up. Yeah, because he was, they cured him. He was good. And even in the second Spider-Man movie, he he self-sacrifices at the end he, with he the big re- machine. He had regret. Yeah. And so we were waiting for that moment. And it does pay off, which, again, is really nice. Um, he's the one that takes out Electro. Yeah. So I, I was really happy that we got uh, Doc Ock back in. And finally, Green Goblin shows up. He had to show up, you know. Right. And so finally he shows up, and, and he's all Green Goblin-y all over the place. Yeah, and he destroys the box that contains the spell. And it completely busts open, but 
Strange is able to contain it or kind of try to contain it. And we see the fabric of reality cracking. And I thought it was kind of a, a cool visual effect as well. We got to see some silhouettes of some uh, other villains trying to get through. Yeah, and you said you saw Rhino. I saw Rhino. Who'd you see? I saw the Scorpion. Scorpion. And I'm sure if we went back and saw it again or if we look at the internet, well, probably now <laughs> there's probably see all of them out yeah, there. There's going to be a ton of them. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't recognize anybody, but I was definitely squinting my eyes looking at right? What about yeah. there? What about there? What about there? One of the first ones they showed, I thought had a trident and I immediately said, Aquaman. That's weird. <laughs> well, that would have been Namor, which is possibly Marvel. maybe. Yeah. And he is a plan. They, Marvel has a plan to have him show up. Yeah, maybe. maybe. So if that was in fact a trident or something, whatever it is, I saw. Yeah, so. They've already cast okay, Namor. So. so he's coming. Oh, cool. 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 So I'll have to look, but, um, I, I, I like the bit where Peter, his mad face and he's doing the Spider-Man pose. I mean, he looked very, in uh, enraged and he was going to fucking kill the goblin and when as they were fighting i kept thinking to myself how is the goblin even hitting him but spider-man has the peter tingle and he's super fucking strong and i get that there's a it's a variation of the super soldier serum that osborne's on but he got a couple of good licks in on spider-man mm-hmm. uh but then spider-man gets the upper hand and he starts beating the living shit out of this guy and he was going to take the glider and stab the goblin a la the first film right but mcguire stops him uh did you see mcguire coming in and stopping him i didn't see it as mcguire i thought something else would happen to stop him now the big thing too with this scene and they've said this in the comic books even the superman and the spider-man comics is neither the one of them have used the full extent of their power and their strength because they're afraid to i got this scene as this is Tom Holland's Spider-Man going crazy. I mean, he could take out the Goblin easily if he just uses all of his strength and all of his abilities. And this is it. He's using him and he's ready to kill him. And then we get the Maguire coming in, stopping it. Did you see that coming? Um, I felt like someone was going to stop him. I didn't know who it was going to be. But then when it was Gob- uh, Maguire, it, it kind of clicked for me. It made sense because that's his Goblin. Mm-hmm. right it's from his universe mm-hmm. and um he knows what it feels like to lose control uh he does it in i think three mm-hmm. when he gets uh you know i think he beats the shit out of uh somebody but and oh he beats the shit out of uh his landlord doesn't he i don't know he makes he yells at him and makes a comment oh maybe that's him. maybe that's what any anyways and tells him to, yells him to fix the door yeah, if he yeah. wants the rent right and anyways um so yeah, I, I thought that was it was a good moment and at that moment what I was thinking was these other two Spider-Men watching him, they are going to intervene. And if they don't intervene, then MJ's gonna intervene. One sure. Of, mm-hmm. He is not going to kill the Green Goblin. It's gonna be thwarted either by one of the Spider Men or by MJ. And I thought that, you know, the the angle of MJ could have been that she might, you know, yell out, Peter and he pauses for just a moment and then he would she would bring up Aunt, Aunt May. Yeah. And when you saw McGuire intervene and you know that the Green Goblin's behind him, was it any question to you that McGuire was about to get stabbed? Nope. Not a single question. I, I, I wasn't expecting it, but I certainly didn't raise my eyebrow. Yeah. Because I, I kept thinking, you know, Goblin's shown those two little Wolverine claws that he's got going on. Somebody's getting stabbed here. And I honestly thought, oh, well, this is the death of McGuire. 
Yeah. I did too. I thought they were going to kill Toby off as well. So did I. But they didn't. So did I. Because I thought for sure that we needed another casualty in order to have Peter understand the repercussions and the price of fucking with the universe. Not just Aunt May, somebody else. Right. And sure. I, I kind of thought, you know, if McGuire died, there was another role model for him to live up to and to kind of live by. You know, this man just sacrificed himself to make sure, you know, to send the message to Holland Spider-Man, we don't kill. Yeah, sure. I can see that. I can see that. So he defeats the goblin and the goblin gets cured. And now it's time, you know, the universe is cracking and Dr. Strange can't keep all of them out. And so Peter suggests, you know what? Uh, just make the spell what he should have done in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, just make the spell and don't, I mean, no one just have no one remember who I am. Well, that, that's my question. And this is where one of my issues with the movie comes in. Why wasn't the spell again just to be, because everyone was coming through were people who knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. So why wasn't the spell again just to erase people's mind, not of who Peter Parker is, but that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Instead, this time they changed the spell to erase any existence that anybody knows who Peter Parker is. Well, maybe he was just being extra careful. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. But, I, you know, it just seemed like an overstep. Like, they didn't need to do it. And that was my issue. Oh, well, they did it. Yeah. So but it, you, but now then, you get to live with it. But then again, as I said earlier, it sets up for the comic book storyline what's called A Brand New Day, which means uh, going into the next three movies that Holland has signed on for, uh, he's starting fresh. He's now a brand new Peter Parker going into a world where he's creating his whole new storyline. Okay, so at this moment when he's saying his goodbyes and Ned and Peter do their handshake, I thought maybe that will be his way of proving to Ned that we do know each other because maybe out of muscle memory, he might do that handshake with him. Maybe, maybe not. But more importantly, I thought that the link that he could use as an in to get back in with these two is tell me something that only you would know that I would never know a question that is able to be answered by only knowing because you have told me this and therefore what I tell you now is true. I think maybe we kind of got a glimpse of that when he was talking to Mary Jane in the diner in the end, when he finished her statement uh, about not taking risks. I believe it was. Yeah. If you never have her hopes up, then you'll never be let down. And so she kind of gave him a look like, how does he know that? Right. And so I thought we were kind of getting that inkling. I also was thinking that, you know, in the previous movie, she was kind of, I wouldn't know if I'd go with the word obsessed, but she was very interested in Spider-Man. The fact that the world still knows that there's a Spider-Man out there, she's probably still going to be very interested in knowing who he is. Yeah, maybe, but did Spider-Man save her from the Capitol? No, but she, even before then, I think she was interested in knowing about Spider-Man, wasn't she? I don't think so. Not so much. They never really touch on it, but she could have been. Who knows? Which leads me to my next point. So if Spider-Man exists in the world and nobody knows Peter Parker and Peter Parker doesn't exist, then why not just go ahead and have Spider-Man reintroduce himself? I'm Spider-Man and I can prove it. And then from there, he is known to Happy again because Happy knows Spider-Man. Is Spider-Man a part of the Avengers universe at this, you know, in this timeline for Happy? I would answer that question. Uh, 
I would answer that question with why didn't Tobey Maguire in his movies get right away with Kirsten Dunst? Why didn't he get with Mary Jane right away? Why did he keep pushing her away? He was scared. He was afraid by bringing them into his or bringing her into his world, Harmed. she was going to get hurt or killed. I think when they showed very carefully, uh, really obviously, when he came in to tell Mary Jane, he had a written speech that he was going to basically tell her everything. He saw the Band-Aid on her head from where she got injured. And then he realized by not introducing himself to Mary Jane and to Ned, he was keeping them safe, letting them go off to MIT and letting them have their own lives. He was going to go off and protect them doing that. So he was basically pulling a Tobey Maguire, in my opinion. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think what's going to happen, and this is a prediction for future movies, it's going to take a little bit, of, a little while, but MJ is going to figure things out. She's going to either, like she said earlier on in the movie, um, you know, when he was saying his goodbyes, she goes, I figured it out once, I will figure it out again. Um, I think by the third movie of the next series, she's coming back and she'll be back full swing, kind of figuring it out and back in the relationship with him and they'll get their happy ending. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see for sure. Yeah. It's it's a brand new, it's a blank page for uh, Spider-Man moving forward from here on out from the MCU. Mm-hmm. So, And it was important to have uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, grow and to be selfless and realize that the universe should be what it's supposed to be regardless of what he wants it to be. Right. And it, it's that moment where he grows up and mm-hmm. uh, he, he tells... Uh, Dr. Strange, you know, sir, this is, thank you, sir. This is what I want. And he says, please call me Stephen. Cause even Dr. Strange sees that he made the right choice and he made the mature choice. Uh, no matter what it did to him or how it affected his life, he did it for the greater good. The greater good. Now, again, predictions for future movies. Um, I almost feel like they've pulled in some elements from the different, you know, the, from the Tobey Maguire movie, the Garfield movie. You know, here we have Tom Holland, Spider-Man pushing MJ away. MJ will probably come back. I also feel like, and I got the idea, they didn't show it in this movie, but I have a feeling of where it's going in that, did you not think when Tom Holland's character, Peter, went into the diner that we were going to find out that MJ and Ned were dating? Um, I thought maybe for a second they would be. But I thought it was a possibility. I'm yeah. wondering in a future movies if they are going to be dating. And remember when Kirsten Dunst, um, when her MJ was dating Harry, and then she kind of left him at the altar, it screwed him up in the head even more about Spider-Man, and he went on to become Kid Goblin or whatever he was. Or I'm sorry, she left the other guy at the altar, but she did break up with Harry, and that kind of screwed him up in the head. We've heard rumors, and of course, nothing has been confirmed, but in the comic book, Ned goes on to become the Hobgoblin. And I wonder if kind of the screwing with the memories and what's going on with MJ if somehow that's going to lead to us getting the Hobgoblin in a future movie. Possibly. If that was the case, I don't know if they would have introduced him knowing how to use the sling ring. Yeah, I don't know. So, we'll see. I think it'd be great if, if Ned somehow shows up in the next Doctor Strange movie. Time will tell. Time will tell. And then, so, after he leaves the uh, diner, he goes to see Aunt May, which I thought was a, another touching scene. And he meets Happy Hogan for the very first time, uh, ironically. And, you know, they say, how do, how'd you know her? And he says, through Spider-Man. And, you know, they have, mm-hmm. they have that just little moment. And then he leaves. 
And uh, I, is this the same apartment that Tobey Maguire is in and on the other films? We'll have to look. I first thought. I thought it was. And I was waiting for the landlord to have a Russian accent or the door to be broken. Yeah. But we never got either. So I, I don't know for sure. But it did look pretty run down. Yeah. Look, yeah we'll have to go back similar. and rewatch yeah. the Tobey Maguire one. Hey, for there New York, go. that looked pretty good. Amen to that, too, sir. Yeah. <laughs> And now I'm wondering, you know, what does Peter do for a living, right? Because yeah. he's completely 100% on his own. It is only by his own wits that he, so he's got to get a job. He's got to pay rent. So he's going to go start taking pictures for the daily. Well, first he'll work at a pizza bugle. place. What? He'll work as a pizza place as a delivery boy. And then he'll go freelance for the Daily Bugle. Taking photos, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he makes a new suit. And this suit looked very... Uh, Reminiscent. Of the of the comic book. It was that bright blue and the bright red. And it just looked mm-hmm. very comic yeah, booky. And I kind of dug it. Everything about it. The fact that it was a metallic blue even. Yeah. And that he sewed it himself. So he's not got the iron spider outfit anymore. What's right. he going to do for web material? He'll figure it out. He's a smart kid. He made it before. I think he made his own webbing before. Right. But what he's saying is uh, he had access to the materials and everything at school. That's how he did it. Now, what is he going to do? Right. Yeah, so that's true. But he'll figure it out. He's a smart kid. Smart mm-hmm. kid. And um, yeah. And the movie ends. And then that was it for Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. All right. What do you guys get of it? You want to you want to talk about the uh, the end credits stuff? Oh, that's right. This is a Marvel, Marvel movie. movie, so we have a mid credit and a very uh, elaborate, a, a very end and the very end of the movie credit. The end yeah. of the movie credit was different. It was a. It was a any, they've done any other things. It was more of a trailer. It was it a trailer, was. and that's what I thought too. And they have done it before. And I challenge both of you to find what film it was in while I read this. In a mid-credits scene, the universe-displaced Eddie Brock and his symbiote companion Venom sit at a bar and talk with the bartender about the superhumans and the blip. While pondering on how to protect this new world, the duo is swiftly transported back to their universe by Strange's spell, unknowingly leaving part of the symbiote on the counter. Uh, did you see Let There Be Carnage? I did, in fact. Did you see Let There Be Carnage? No, sir. Yeah, neither did I. I have no desire to see. Why? Be- yeah, why? Because I didn't like the first one. I I have no desire to see it. Yeah, I liked the first Venom. I didn't think it, I didn't think it was a great movie, but I didn't hate it. I thought it was kind of fun. the 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 Venom, the way they have him talk, is kind of like not that great their their dialogue isn't great the second movie woody harrelson did a great job playing carnage um the fight scenes at the end or if he just almost a rehash of the first venom movie but i thought it was good now this storyline with him just leaving a little bit of the venom doesn't matter if you like the first two venom movies because this is a brand new venom in the mcu well i hope that they stop making the tom hardy venoms yeah well the fact of it there doesn't seem to be the same person in each universe, like Tom Holland's in this universe and Tobey Maguire's in another universe. I don't think there's going to be another, uh, like that type of Eddie Brock. Someone else will be playing Eddie Brock in the MCU. That's my prediction. If it even goes to Eddie. Yeah. Maybe it'll go to someone else. Like the bartender. Oh, there you go. The bartender. Who is from Ted Lasso fame, by the way. Well, probably what will happen is the last thing that Venom said before they were transported back was that they need to go find the Spider-Man. So I think they put that into his little piece that he wants to hunt down Spider-Man. He wants to go and be with Spider-Man. 
And I think that's going to start the whole, you know, uh, Toby Maguire's version of it that hit first, he will be wearing the Venom suit, the black suit, and then it will go to somebody he works with like Eddie Brock. Oh, maybe, maybe it's again, it's a blank page. I see them getting, if they do decide one of the next movies gets to be a Venom movie, they're going to follow the comic book storyline. Well, I fucking hope so because those two Venom movies were dumb and I didn't even see the second one and I already know it's dumb. (laughs) So, so someone should suggest that movie for us to review. You will get banned. I will ban you. All right. My question to both of you is the three Spider-Man home movies. Favorite. First one. Homecoming is first yep. and then? This one. And then? Far from home. Far is third. John, how about you? I think I would go with the same order. Uh, I like the first one because it is our introduction to us uh, to Spider-Man without it being an introduction to Spider-Man, if that makes sense. Um, the I like this one because of the ideas and the, the fact that they brought the other Spider-Mans back and they referenced, you know, the other pictures. What kills me about the Far From Home movie is it's the Incredibles plot, right? Syndrome fakes to be a superhero, but is really mm-hmm. the bad guy. And mm-hmm. That's exactly what Mysterio did. I will say that Far From Home has one of my favorite scenes in it. Which is? Of all three, which is the very end of it where Aunt May figures out that he's Spider-Man. And she goes, what the fuck? That's yeah. one of my favorite, just what the fuck? And then they, yeah. they That is it. funny. That's yeah. one of the best endings of it. And that's how it, that's how the end credit scenes too. Because mm-hmm. Peter's sitting on there after J. Joe Jameson announces who he is. He's like, what the fuck? And it cuts out too. So it was good. For me, I think that Far From Home would be the bottom of the three. Not saying that it is a bad movie in any way. It's a very good movie. My uh, top choice, though, boy, I'd been thinking about it all evening. Which one do I like better? And I think in the end, I got to go with Homecoming. I just have too strong of a sentimental tug towards that movie. It just was such a delight the first time that I saw it, not knowing what to expect out of Spider-Man, you know, holding his own movie. The whole bit, you know, Michael Keaton... Just so good in that. Yeah, knocks it out of the park. Is the absolutely, and, and so I love the conversation he has with him when he drops him off at prom. Sorry to interrupt. Go on. Uh, yeah, that is that is a wonderful scene. Yeah, wonderful scene. And 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 I also just I don't know. I I have a hard time. You know, the the first time of a movie, it it is such a strong sentimental take for me. And so yeah, I think I would have to go Homecoming and then this one. Yeah. One thing I've been thinking about, this movie was called No Way Home. Um, why do you think it was called? Why do you think they chose that name? And I have a, an idea in my head, but I want to know what you think. Oh, because they used home in all three of them. Yeah. I thought that it was because Peter is abandoning his current timeline and he can't get back to his first one and he's going to have to live in a different timeline. That's what I thought was going to happen. My thought is... You know, while watching this movie, I was trying to think about it. Is that all of these villains, if they go home, they're all going to die. So for them, there was no way to go home. So by him curing them, he was able to send them home. So there was a way to get home. Plus, in the end of the movie, he couldn't go home again. He basically, home was gone. Yeah. So that's kind of my impression of why this movie was, they chose the no way home. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess I, you know, um, what television series was that? Sliders? Oh, I don't know. Where they couldn't get back home? Yeah. Quantum Leap? Also Quantum Leap. 
Yo, quantum. Yeah, I'm thinking more quantum leap. He doesn't leap home. Exactly. He never makes it. He keeps jumping and he keeps jumping, but he never finds his way back. And I right. thought that's that was a possibility of why this was called No Way Home. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I just knew that all of the other ones had home in it, so it made sense because mm-hmm. I didn't care. Right. And to make it a trilogy. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Along the, along the naming conventions. Um, so, yeah. And then the uh, ending uh, post credit scene was really just a trailer for Doctor Strange 2. What'd you guys think? Well, at first, when they started playing it, I thought it was actually going to be a lead in to the Doctor Strange movie. I didn't expect it all of a sudden just be a trailer for the movie. Yeah. It looked good. I did spot some things in that that I thought were pretty interesting. Yeah. What'd you think? I, I, I have to say it was a, it was a ton of information dumped on me and it was a little bit of a sensory overload trying to keep up with all of the different plot aspects that were being thrown at me. So I was, I was kind of overwhelmed. That, that was a lot of content for me to unpack. Uh, do you guys remember the last Marvel movie to do a trailer at the end of the movies? I, could, I was racking my brain. And I cannot think of it. I don't know. Captain America, the first Avenger. What, what did it have a trailer for? The Avengers. Oh, interesting. So there you go. I don't even remember that. I'll have to go back and watch that. Yeah. I will say for a little Easter egg in the trailer for Doctor Strange, um, there's a scene where he's on like a ledge with a big door and he's got Scarlet Witch next to him and he has another woman next to him. Did you know who that woman was? No, I did not. No idea. Uh, I believe, and you can quote me on this, that is America Chavez. And for anybody who's interested, go look up, uh, go look her up and do a little like research on her if you want to know a little bit more about her uh, for this upcoming movie. Now, the reason why I suspect that is because they just came out with the Doctor Strange toy line She's one of the toys in there. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and quote you on that. So sure. let's see if that ends up being American Chavez. And I'm actually, I, I heard another rumor, and I'm hoping it's true, that we'll get her introduction in one of the Marvel TV series. Yeah, we'll see. I am looking forward to the movie regardless, though, because I do enjoy Doctor Strange and Benedict's interpretation of him. Yeah, for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. For sure. Yeah, And more Wong. You can never get enough Wong. <laughs> That's what you say all the time, buddy. Not enough Wong. Mm-hmm. All right. I think it's time. We need to rate this bitch. All right. Let's rate this bitch. Uh, hey, Professor, how do we rate our films now? We rate our films on a scale of one to five Fs. And when I say Fs, we're not talking about fun. We're talking about fucks. Now, this show has been remarkably light on the F-bombs. But just the same, that is what we have chosen to do because it seems to be rather prevalent throughout most of our shows that there's a lot of F-bombs. If it gets five fucks, that is a movie that is just fantastic. It is cinematic gold. This movie is, you're turning around, and I'm going to buy another ticket right now. You're ready to watch it anytime, immediately. If it's something that you saw and you never want to see it again, you, you, you're just done with it, that is going to be one fuck. Fuck that. And zero? Somebody owes you two hours of your life back. Basically, you, you, you would, you're saying that you just don't give a fuck about that movie. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Spider-Man, No Way Home. Uh, I thought that for a... I was really super excited to get into this film once I heard it was coming out. And then once you started seeing stuff online and they were going to introduce the multiverse... I will admit that I was a little apprehensive thinking that they were going they 
took the easy way out and just copied the storyline from the animated movie, which they did to a degree, but they marveled it up and they, or I'm sorry, they live action marveled it up and they did a good job. I found this film was entertaining. It was fun. I liked the callbacks. Uh, the, the dialogue was uh, witty and snappy and, you know, for a Marvel movie, it probably falls somewhere in the mid upper range of of the pantheon so i think that going into this film i had a i didn't have a lot of expectations i kind of knew what to expect and sure shit marvel hit all of them you know again marvel can really do no wrong in my book even the eternals and thor but uh is this something that i would see again in the theaters absolutely uh, if you and that's kind of how I rate my Marvel movies, right? Would I see the Eternals again in the theater? Eh, not so much. Door of the Dark World, eh, not so much. Other movies we could talk about it, but uh, this would be one that I would definitely see in the film. I thought it was a nice little uh, conclusion to Tom Holland's trilogy. Uh, they tied it up real nice with the bow and they gave him a clean slate moving forward with these three new films that he's going to do so now you know sky's the limit for spider-man and i'm excited to see where they take him for those reasons i am going to give spider-man far from home 3.75 fucks okay i was expecting you would have given that more but that's what you do all right so i'm gonna go next Spider-Man Far From Home, or I'm sorry, Spider-Man No Way Home is an excellent movie. I was very, very pleased watching it in the theater. It was great on the big screen. The camera work I in the action sequences were wonderful. I appreciated all of the dialogue and screen time that the other Spider-Men also had during the show. It was very enjoyable having all of these three story arcs in one story arc. I thought they did a really nice job. And having Willem Dafoe come back, having uh, Alfred Molina come back, having Jamie Foxx and uh, Hayden Christian Church, it was so nice having those guys back. It was very, very entertaining to have these villains, as well as the other Spider-Mans, all mashed in to one storyline. Very, very nice. I also really didn't think that the movie felt like it dragged all that much. It's a long movie, but it didn't feel like a long movie. It had slow moments to it, but I never felt myself saying, all right, come on, let's pick it up, come on. It didn't happen for me. And I thought that the movie felt like a solid Marvel movie. And I think for me, I'm ready to watch that pretty soon. I I, I have no trouble giving this 4.5 fucks john great 4.5 all right 4.5 good job for me i'm going to start off with a holiday reference basically you ever open up gifts and you're kind of like ho ho yeah that's great you know this gift's nice but you're waiting for that one gift that one surprise thing that's just going to blow you away well for me i feel like the internet took away a lot of the gifts they basically told me what i was going to be unwrapping you know before i even opened the gift and I was waiting for that one 
big thing that nobody knew about, something that was going to jump out and surprise me and give me. And so every scene I kept watching and waiting, you know, like was Miles going to show up or was someone else, you know, from one of the universes going to show up and just kind of surprise us, even like a Howard the Duck or something, you know, give us something that's going to jump out with us. For me, I wish I was kind of in the same place you were, Ken, in that I didn't know what the internet spoiled in that if we had gotten Andrew and we had gotten Toby and I didn't know they were coming, it almost would have been that end game portal moment where all the heroes came back. You know, it really would have boosted me up. That would have been the gift that that surprise that I was waiting for. So for me, my rating would be higher had, you know, I had that more surprise factor. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping if you have not seen this movie, you have not listened to our podcast because I want you to have that moment. And I hope you did have that moment. The other issue I had with this movie is the music. I don't feel, especially in the parts where we got the more dramatic and the fight scenes and everything, I don't feel like the music fit those scenes. You know, I was waiting for that big, you know, fight music, the big action move music, and it just seemed kind of mellow throughout the whole movie. It didn't feel, Marvel has always been good at delivering the music and delivering music that ties to the scenes. And it didn't, for me, it just didn't deliver. And normally I don't even pay attention to the music, but it just seemed so mishmashed to me that I found myself going, why did they choose that? You know, why, that sound doesn't build up to the action that's about to happen. I will say on a positive note, I really was worried going into this movie that we were going to get, you know, Andrew and Toby and all the villains that most of them, the big names, especially Goblin, all of them, were going to show up in the last 10 to 15 minutes of the movie, and it was going to be a big you know, surprise, and here we're getting them for just a final battle kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm glad they delivered them all in the beginning, and we got some resolution on some of their storylines, a little bit more character development. I really liked the fight between Goblin and Spider-Man early on in the apartment building and Happy's building. I thought that scene was probably one of the best fight scenes I've seen in any of the Spider-Man movies um, because it was actually, they were going through floors and action was great. It went on for a while and you really got to see what the Goblin was capable of. So I was impressed with the fight scenes and the choreography in that. It made me think of the Shang-Chi movie where they really got some of the fight scenes right in that. The question always comes up, will I want to see that movie in the theater? Like you were saying, Don, absolutely I want to see this movie again in the theater. Marvel is really good at delivering on Easter eggs and surprise things and things that you need to look for. And so for me, this is one of those movies you can rewatch over and over again and catch new things, catch little things you can read about, you know, things that were hidden in the internet now, now that you've seen the movie the first time, and now you can go back and try to catch them. So in a way, it's almost like watching a brand new movie every time to try to catch more things. So I'm excited to go see it in the theater again. I definitely will as well as when it comes on TV, I'll probably watch it over and over again. It'll be one of my go-to movies because it was a good movie. I don't know if it was a good movie all the way through. So I've been struggling kind of where you were at, Don, struggling at where I wanted to give my rating at um, between a 3.5 and a 4. Because I did enjoy the movie, I do. I know I am being critical, and that's what everyone always says. I'm always too critical about a movie, and then I give a high rating. Overall, it was a good movie, and again, I'm excited to see it again, and I was looking forward to it. I'm not going to mark it down because the internet spoiled some things for me. I do want to say that overall, I think people will enjoy this movie, so I'm going to give it a 4.0. 
or a .0 fucks. You're giving four fucks about this film. All right, so I think that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Three Guys in a Flick. If you are curious about to know what uh, movie is coming out next, uh, it will be Die Hard. Our Christmas special is coming out later this week, and so stay tuned for that. We also have uh, a show coming out next week, which will wrap up the year for uh, three guys. So, yeah, there you have it. Hey, John, where can they find us? They can find us at our website, threeguysinaflick.com. They can find us at any podcasting hosting site. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. We are on every place I can find to put us. Uh, if you can't find us on any podcast hosting site, let us know in the comments so I can go ahead and get us added there. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Tumblr. Uh, still not on TikTok, but we are working on some video ideas, and I think we might be posting a video soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, like I said, uh, what we would like, if anybody is enjoying our podcast and would like to share it with friends, we would really appreciate that. We are trying to build up our traffic a little bit and get our message out there. You know, it'd be nice. We love Zach and Ronnie, but we would like a few more. A few more listeners letting us know who you are and that you enjoy the podcast. I would like to throw in a little bit of breaking news. Break away. Ronnie has submitted two movies. What were they? I don't remember. Wow. Teaser. But. There you go. You know, we will be, after the new year, we'll be, you know, bringing in some movies. We will be eventually getting back to doing some listener uh, suggested movies. So if you'd like to suggest a movie, go to our website. Again, threeguysinaflick.com. Use our form and suggest a movie and you might find your movie reviewed on our podcast. Well, there you have it. All right, so thanks again to everyone who listens. Thanks again to Zach and Ronnie. Uh, We hope everyone has a wonderful holiday. Uh, Stay safe out there. So for Three Guys in a Flick, I'm Don. I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening. An interesting thing that was brought up in the movie was kind of when they asked him about his, asked Toby about his organic web shooters, and they made the reference of, does it come from anywhere else? Do you know that in a Spider-Man timeline, uh, Mary Jane died of cancer from having sex with Spider-Man? Apparently, his semen was radioactive. Oh, really? Well, that's fun. I guess that would make sense, right? Is is it is it the same as like if uh, Lois Lane had sex with uh, Superman? There is a book out there, a, st- a book that has a short story in it called, I think, Man of Steel, uh, something of Kleenex. I can't remember what it is. That basically goes through all the ways that Superman and Lois Lane could have sex, and he kills her every time. Oh, yeah, he's got super spunk. Yeah. One of them is that he, you know, if he ever did get there, he would shoot her into the ceiling and kill her. Yeah, probably. I think, Or they, it would go through the top of her head. <laughs> or at the I, back of her neck. I thought about that, too. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, you know, when he was a teenager and, you know, Paul comes in, what are all these BB holes in the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> How it affected his life. He did it for the greater good. 
The greater good. Oh my god, you fucking kill it. Come on. Dude, I fucking I fucking on, lob that was, that I, I lob it up. Hanging fruit. Can you do it again? Oh my fuck. I didn't see it coming. I because you're not paying attention. You're all drifting off in your own little fucking world. Unfucking believe No, I don't want to do it again because you fucked it up. There you go. All right, fuck off. Good night.